You are listening to St. Martin's School Podcast. Good morning and welcome back to St. Martin's Radio. I am Mr. Lopez and I will be your host. It is not surprising that we are all concerned about the impact that the COVID crisis has had and will continue having on our lives. The struggle against this virus has already paid its toll on almost every aspect of our lives. Our economy, our education, our physical health have all been affected in one way or another. we cannot forget that our mental health is also under enormous pressure. Teachers, parents and students alike are exposed to suffering from some form of stress derived from the current crisis. That's why we have invited Dr. Brian Occhiali, clinical psychologist working in child and adolescent mental health services. Dr. Occhiali will help us to understand how to better deal with stress, lack of motivation and other arising concerns of recent times. During the second part of our show, we will receive the visit of Mr. Richards, head of Year 10, who will be joined by some of the students to discuss their feelings, motivations and emotions during the lockdown period. This is Martin's Radio and as you can see we have a very exciting program ahead of us. Thank you for listening and let the show begin. St. Martin's Podcast Radio Show. Good morning and welcome, Dr. Oki Ali. Hello, hi, Fran. How are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, nice to hear from you. First of all, I would like to, to say thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. We know it's very busy at the moment the, on your line of work. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's very, very nice of you to take the time to, to have a conversation with us. No problem. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yes, thank you for having me on. We are very lucky to have you because uh, in the middle of this turmoil, we are reminded once again or constantly to, to, to stay safe. But, um, yes. And yeah, and they talk about health all the time. However, yes. it, it seems like there is some sort of taboo about mental health. Uh, mm. And I don't know if you would agree with me that during the crisis, we haven't talked enough about the problems in our mental health derived from the crisis. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I certainly would agree with you. I mean, I think, um, you know, clearly um, 
you know, we, we all understand kind of the, you know, the, the impact of the lockdown on our physical health and, you know, the reasons why it's in place. But um, unfortunately, you know, we, we do also know that it's it's having quite an adverse impact on many people's mental health. Um, and that's a conversation that's maybe not being had on such a broad scale. So, yes, I think you're right. So that's why we have you here. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, my, my first question will be about... Um, uh, those kids um, affected by, by the pandemic and obviously there will be some of our pupils who will be worried about someone who has been affected by, by the pandemic yes. um, how, how could they deal with these worries? Yes yeah well I think uh, there's probably two things there I mean I think there's a role for the young person themselves and there's probably a role for the people around them because I suppose the first thing I would say is that um Many of the concerns that young people will have are very uh, reasonable concerns. You know, they may be very concerned about those around them and they have good reason to be. Um, what I would say to their kind of parents and carers and teachers and just all the adults around them is that probably the 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 most important thing they can do is to kind of be available to have those difficult conversations when the young person feels able to discuss them. Um, because at times like this, we know that young people and, and adolescents as well, you know, will look to kind of their parents, their carers mm -hmm. as a source of support, as someone to kind of guide them through a very unfamiliar time. So the message to the students will be maybe don't, don't keep it for yourself. You try to talk to the, yes. those around you. Am I right? Yes, I would say to seek support from the from the adults around you. Um, and what I would also say is that, you know, unfortunately, at the moment, there are many things that are outside of our concern, sorry, outside of our control. Um, but there are many things that are still within our control. So, you know, young people can do their part by kind of adhering to the, you know, the kind of restrictions that are in place by kind of washing their hands. All of that stuff, you know, might not seem as important, but actually there is something empowering about focusing on what's within your control to impact mm -hmm. on. And I think that actually, you know, in the midst of what can feel like a very helpless time, I think focusing on what you can do and what you what you can actually um, impact on is actually quite empowering. So I'd encourage young people to kind of notice the things that they can do and to focus on those. That, that's very interesting. So little things can make a difference. Mm. Well, I'd say at the moment, the little things are the only things that are going to make a difference because I think we all have a small role to play in, in what's a, you know, a huge problem. Um, and I think everyone doing their own little part is the thing that will make the difference. So, um, yes, definitely. I think, you know, people should feel um, like what they're doing counts and makes a difference. Another problem that the kids uh, might face uh, is the solitude. How can spending so much time alone or, or away from their friends and family uh, yes. affect a young person? Yes, well, um, so a situation like the lockdown is in many ways a kind of a perfect storm in terms of its impact on mental health. Um, because we know that, you know, people need things that give them variety, that give them a sense of pleasure, that give them a sense of achievement, that give them connection to other people. Um, so unfortunately, you know, those things maybe are not impossible to achieve, but it's, it's difficult to achieve them in the way that we normally would do. Um, so yes, I, I, um, I really do feel for many young people who are isolated from their important relationships. You know, adolescence in particular is a time where your peer group, your friends become as important as your family to most young people. You know, when young people start kind of discovering their own identities outside of mm -hmm. their family. Um, 
And I do feel for the young people who maybe are not able to do that in the same way. Um, you know, I, I do also believe that there are things young people can do to kind of achieve that sense of connection. So whether mm -hmm, that's, for example? Well, for example, things like, um, you know, seeking out kind of uh, time with peers on, say, uh, something like Skype or FaceTime or, you know, the, the, the various different things we use to communicate with one another, uh, maybe having quality time alone with parents or siblings, maybe mm -hmm. contacting a relative who they don't normally speak to. Um, those things, you know, it may not give them exactly the same sense of connection as maybe a face-to-face -face encounter, but um, but any source of connection is probably likely to be helpful. That's very interesting. And, and I think it's, it's a great advice for, for those kids that they've been locked up for more than five weeks now, getting yes. close to six. I lost, I kind of lost uh, track of time at the yes, moment. Yes, me too. <laughs> <I think. laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's a great piece of advice for you guys that are listening to this. Just don't, don't be by yourself. Just, you know, speak to your parents, friends. Um, yes, seek out support, you know, wherever it's available, um, you know, and make use of it because I suppose probably the most detrimental thing someone can do is kind of to suffer in silence. And, you know, for a lot of, for a lot of young people, at least, you know, the ones that I speak to, um, they might feel like their kind of current difficulties maybe pale in comparison to the, the kind of the national, you know, level of difficulty yep. that exists. But actually, I would say that's not the case. You know, their, their problems are, are very much kind of worthy of, of raising and speaking to those around them about. So I definitely encourage them to seek out support if they feel they need it. Um, and now talking about parents, because we had messages as well from parents, and, mm. I, and I'm asking this on behalf of them. Um, yes. The lockdown has led to a change in family dynamics. Uh, uh, and we, we know for certain that many parents that might be struggling to balance working from home and at the yes. same time supporting their kids with the schoolwork, etc. Um, so what, what strategies could you give them uh, or any advice that you could suggest for those parents at the moment not, not having such a good time trying to deal yes. with everything at the same time? Yes, uh, uh, yeah, I can only imagine, you know, the level of difficulty that this is placing on families, particularly on parents who maybe are still currently working, but are working from home. Um, and so we're balancing childcare and, um, and education and work. Uh, that's a, an enormous challenge. Um, what I would say is that at the moment, probably one of the biggest tangible daily impacts the lockdown is having is the kind of complete loss of routine. Um, so, you know, you and I were joking earlier that we've kind of yeah. lost track of time. And I think that's probably most people. Um, and I think that routine is important because we don't notice the kind of markers that, you know, the kind of the going to work or going to school in the morning, coming home in the evening, um, you know, finishing homework. All of those things mark an important time in the day and help differentiate, say, work life from home life. Um, and unfortunately, those markers are now gone. I'd encourage families to try to find some ways of marking their various different routines so that their day doesn't start to feel like it's all one big kind of mess of different things. Mm -hmm. So, for example, trying to divide, say, work life from home life by maybe uh, locating all of your work in one room or on one desk, um, clearly splitting up kind of work, the work day from, um, from home life, trying to kind of, if possible, spell out when schoolwork is to be done, um, you know, mm -hmm. when young people should be should be getting up and going to bed. I imagine lots of young people's sleep routines are probably um, shifting at the moment. 
Um, so trying to kind of divide up the day in that in that sense. Um, and something else I would say is that we probably can't expect things to feel like they used to feel before the lockdown. So I would encourage families to kind of maybe use this opportunity to live in a, in a slightly different way as well. So, you know, if maybe they're a family who uh, wouldn't spend a lot of time together, there may be some hidden benefits to lockdown that it may allow families to actually spend more time kind of doing things together, whether that's just cooking or, you know, being able to watch a movie together in the evening. So there are probably some opportunities for connection that, you know, that may not have been there beforehand. So I guess I'd encourage people to take advantage of those opportunities as well. Um, uh, following this line of inquiry, I would like to, to ask you as well, if, if parents were concerned about the children's behaviour um, and the reaction to this lockdown, uh, is there any services available to them in order to obtain the, the support and help? Yes, certainly. I mean, um, so Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services or, or CAMS, which is, which is where I work, um, CAMS is still very much open for business. Now, we're working in different ways. We're doing an awful lot more through kind of video conferencing platforms and over the phone. Um, but CAMS is still working. CAMS is still taking new referrals. And even for young people maybe who... Um, whose difficulties maybe don't necessarily meet the threshold to access CAMS. There's primary CAMS. So, you know, all of the areas in Wales also have a primary CAMS, which is kind of like, um, like a lower tier that offers briefer interventions for young people where maybe we've caught the mental health problem in time. And primary CAMS is also still operating. Most areas have an emotional wellbeing service, um, which, they can which young people can access through their GP. And, you know, also similar to CAMS, GPs are still very much open for business, or, or at least most are. So I would encourage people to seek out support in, in exactly the same ways as they could before. Um, for families that feel like they're really struggling at the moment, and maybe where they feel like, you know, that it's not necessarily their mental health that's, that's the, the primary issue, where they feel like it's their circumstances, you know, for example, that the family are arguing an awful lot more, they're really struggling to kind of parent at the moment, where it feels like maybe they need extra support. Mm -hmm. um, most areas will have, children's services will still be operating. Um, and I know many families kind of fear children's services, and I, and I understand, you know, I understand that that's the case. But a lot of children's services involvement is um, is designed to help prevent families from getting to the point where they're really struggling. So there's definitely no shame in, in accessing mm -hmm. that extra support. Um, there is more of a move now um, towards prevention. So supporting families early on to make sure that those that are in difficulty um, have the support they need. You know, and there is a recognition that yeah. giving that support early is what's important. So I'd really encourage families to seek that out. Um you know, if, if people maybe are hesitant to access formal support like that, there is actually lots of good quality stuff available online as well. Um, so in terms of websites, um, a couple of kind of, you know, um, kind of young person appropriate websites they could access are things like Mood Juice. Mood Juice is a website that offers lots of kind of DIY resources to support your mental health. Uh, Get Self Help is another one. So these are all resources that provide kind of evidence-based um uh, resources for young people that they could just access from home um, and then even things like you know various apps that focus on say mindfulness or relaxation but there are a lot of people there out, out there willing to help you guys yes. uh, so 
don't don't hesitate to to seek the help from yes. from professionals and the same for families uh, uh, dr kiale if it's okay with you we're going to have a, a very short break at the yes, moment of course. we will continue talking after the break focusing more in 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 school aspects uh how this lockdown can affect kids and students pupils in the in the school work so stay tuned and thank you for listening say martin's radio St. Martin's Podcast Radio Show. Hi everyone, it's Miss Hill here. I really hope you and all of your families are all safe and healthy. I'm really missing all of my lovely classes and I cannot wait to see you all when we eventually return. So stay safe, stay healthy, look after yourselves and I shall see you very soon. Hi all, it's Mrs Avery here. I'm really missing my classes and I hope that you're all doing okay and managing to keep yourselves entertained during this time. I think it's important to remember that each day we manage to get through is a day closer to us hopefully being able to return to some kind of normality. So take care, look after yourselves and fingers crossed that this will be sorted soon enough. St. Martin's, it's Mrs. Henry here. I hope everyone is staying safe and staying sane, more importantly, and I hope I'll see you all soon, someday, back at school. Take care. Hi everyone, this is Miss Gibbard. Hope you're all staying safe and staying home. I'm missing you all terribly and I hope you're not too bored being home from school. I've decided to use my time very constructively by watching all the Marvel movies from the beginning. Wakanda forever. Shumai Pab, Miss Jackson here. Hope you're all well and staying safe. Missing you all, and I look forward to seeing you soon back in the classroom where we belong. Hi all! Hello pal, Miss Davis and Ma, Miss Davis here. I really hope that you're all okay. I'm missing seeing your friendly faces, especially my lovely form class. Take care everyone. You are listening to St. Martin's School Podcast. 
Welcome back to St. Martin's Radio. We are talking to Dr. Okiali. Uh, we're having a wonderful conversation about mental health, how it has affected us, how it has affected families, uh, children. And we will continue doing so, but this time we're going to focus more in a school aspect. So, uh, Dr. Okiali, we some of our students uh, have expressed the, their concerns about schoolwork, um, missing out on things like exams, coursework, uh, etc. Uh, and I know for certain that some of them will be anxious about going back to school, for they might feel they they they, they have they, they fall behind or uh, they are falling behind. Uh, so, what are advice could you give these students who are concerned about coming back to school once uh, it reopens? Yes, sure. And um, I mean, there's, there's a number of things there, really. I mean, uh, the first thing to say really is that I imagine that many young people after, you know, a prolonged period at home may notice that they feel possibly more anxious than they than they imagined at the prospect of going back to school. Now, I mean, from a psychological perspective, that makes perfect sense because things that maybe that are avoided things that we you know that we don't do for a long time we can um our confidence in doing them can diminish over time we can kind of we anxiety tends to build in the absence of something that makes us feel nervous um so if there are young people who notice that they feel actually quite anxious at the prospect of returning to school what i would say to them is that that will diminish that will go down the more they're able to kind of get themselves into school to kind of face that that um feeling of anxiety uh, maybe in a graded way you know kind of going in mm -hmm. um you know maybe if someone is feeling particularly anxious you know if they could be supported to kind of go in for a reduced timetable initially and then to kind of get back to their full uh, timetable over you know a period of time um, certainly, you know, we know that with, with kind of exposure to being back in school, that anxiety will diminish. Um, so we can say, uh, it's safe to say that it's normal to feel like that. Oh, yes. But they need to know that at some point that, that will fade away, that it, it's it's something that eventually will improve. Yes, definitely. I mean, um, you know, the psychological term from it is, um, is habituation. Habituation just means okay. in the presence of something... Um, which isn't actually physically dangerous to you, you know, but in the presence of, say, something that makes you nervous or anxious, um, the more you're exposed to it, the, the less anxious you will feel over time. And school is a good example of that. So if they're able to kind of get into school, um, if they're able to face that, that feeling of anxiety, that will go down over time. And certainly there's nothing unusual about feeling like that. It, it happens to everybody. Um, so, yes, they, they, um, they shouldn't feel ashamed or worried about that. I mean, in terms of their um, their schoolwork, um, you know, and kind of concerns about missing out on schoolwork, these are kind of unprecedented times. You know, I, I would really hope and, you know, I'm confident that schools are, are doing everything, everything they can to make sure that no one is kind of adversely impacted in terms of um, in terms of the grades they're able to achieve, in terms of being able to fulfill their potential. Um, what I would say to young people is that at a time like this, it is probably much more helpful to kind of focus on the immediate goal in front of you. So a metaphor I sometimes use um, in, with my young people in CAMS is if you imagine yourself as being like a car that's driving at night time, you know, a car that's driving at night time can't see everything. It can just see what's immediately ahead of it. 
And at times like this, it's maybe helpful to think about your life the same way. Just focus on the next step. And then when you get to the next step, you can focus on what's just beyond that. It tends to make us more anxious when we focus on things in the distant future. But if you focus on the immediate next step and what you can do right now, that tends to make us feel less anxious and more in control of our lives. So I'd encourage young people to, um, to kind of practice that way of thinking. That's a great piece of advice that I think I will take for myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do it myself too. <laughs> um, my next question is about the more vulnerable children. Um, how can we as a school is down the impact uh, that yes. the lockdown will have on them? Yes. Um, well, yes, I, I can imagine as a school, you know, very much like us in CAMS, your thoughts are very much with the young people who are maybe vulnerable or just young people maybe whose mental health, maybe they have had um, difficulties with their mental health for long periods of time. Um, and so maybe the lockdown may be impacting on them even more so than other young people. I would say that there are still people who are thinking of you. There are still services out there and people are, are, are there to help. Um, and if you can find some way of, of letting someone know the things that are happening, of reaching out to a teacher, a GP, um, there is support available to you. Now, in terms of what the school can do, um, I can imagine that those young people really benefited from having an environment outside of home, from having other people who were maybe checking in with them, making sure that they were okay. And mm -hmm. I don't see any reason why that can't necessarily continue. You know, I know that young people will have, say, ahead of year, um, that they will have maybe teachers who are aware that they are struggling. And mm -hmm. what I'd really encourage the school to do, you know, I know that schools also say head of well-being or people who, who are mm -hmm. safeguarding officers or whose role is particularly around student well-being. And what I'd encourage them to do is to be proactive in seeking out those students, making contact with them, checking in to make sure that they're as well as they can be at the moment. Um, because there is something psychologically very powerful about being felt held in mind by another person you know even if that person isn't able to practically do something for you in that moment just knowing that someone is thinking about you that someone knows that you're struggling and that they they're thinking about your well-being um i'd encourage you know schools and and uh, other people involved with young people not to underestimate how powerful that can be for someone uh, lucky enough, in St. Martin's School, we, we have a wonderful well-being um, team. And I know for a fact that they, they kept in contact with every single student uh, who needed the support. Uh, and it's been happening on a daily basis. And uh, they, they've done like hundreds and hundreds of phone calls. So in that regard, we are extremely proud of our well-being team and, and everyone who so dedicated and committed to ensure uh, the students' um, safety. And finally, um, can we expect any changes of the students' behaviour mm, mm. uh, when they return to school? Uh, and if so, how it would be the change? Yes, sure. Um, I would imagine that a lot of young people will adjust to being back in school with just, you know, with support from their families, support from their teachers. I would imagine that a lot of young people will adjust okay without, you know, a, a kind of a hugely um, intensive intervention. So I think, I don't think necessarily we need to be, um, yeah, we can imagine that most people probably will adjust to it, but I would imagine that you're right, that there will be young people who will struggle significantly getting back as well. So going back to kind of what I said earlier about 
um, you know, how anxiety can increase in the absence of exposures as a thing that's making us anxious. I would imagine that what you will probably notice is that there will be a lot of young people who will initially struggle to get into school um, mm -hmm. due to anxiety. And they may be young people who maybe had experienced bullying in school, for whom school maybe wasn't always a pleasant experience. Um, in the absence of actually regularly being exposed to being in school, that kind of continuous kind of um, act of going into school every day, those young people may struggle quite a lot to get back in. Um, what I would encourage the school to do is to meet those people halfway and to, you know, we know that exposure over time reduces anxiety, but for, for exposure to work really well, it needs to be graded. And by that, I mean kind of starting small and building. So maybe starting on a reduced timetable, maybe allowing young people to just come in and, you know, walk around the building a couple of times before they come back into lessons. I think all of that stuff will help to kind of, um, to allow that young person to kind of start to face that anxiety in a manageable way. Unfortunately, we are running out of time, so it's time to end uh, this interview, but I would like to express my sincere gratitude for your time. And I think all our listeners will agree that it was very helpful. So thank you so much for being with us today. And of course, it will be a pleasure to have you here another occasion if you were willing to come back. Yes, of course. Yes. And uh, thank you for having me, Mr. Lopez. Yes, it's been, um, it's been a pleasure to speak to you all. Thank you very much. All the best. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, all. Hope you're safe and well. Looking forward to seeing you when we're all back. Love, Mrs. Lewis, PRE. Hello, everybody. It's Miss Banks. Um, <clears throat> just a little message to say that I'm missing you all. Um, Although I'm obviously loving spending the extra time with Polly and Tilly Marie, um, now I really am beginning to miss um, all my pupils as well. So I really can't wait until we're all back together. Um, I hope you're well. Um, I hope you're staying safe and I hope you're um, reading. Miss you. Hello everyone, it's Mrs Manson here. I hope that you're all keeping well during this difficult time and that you're continuing to engage in the lots of different activities that your teachers are putting online for you. Um, hopefully we can all be back together at school uh, soon. Um, in the meantime, stay safe. Hi everyone, Mr Richard here. Just a quick message to say, I hope you're all doing okay. Look after yourselves and look after the people around you. Keep following the government's advice and uh, we'll see you all soon. Cheers. Hey, it's Miss Prasad. Hope you're taking good care of yourselves and your families. Hope to see you soon. Hi everyone, this is Mrs. Jones. Looking forward to seeing you all again. Hope that you all stay safe. Hola chicos, it's Miss Rooks here. Hope you're enjoying, as best as you can anyway, your time in lockdown and learning lots of new skills, lots of life skills. Um, hope to see you soon. Bye, adios, hasta luego. You are listening to St Martin's School Podcast.
Good morning, Mr. Richard, and welcome to St. Martin's Radio. Good morning. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure, sir. I've been thinking a lot of you. It, it must be especially hard for you to stay at home and not be in a school trip for five weeks. Yes, it's been tough. I'm not, not 100% sure where my passport is anymore. Missed out, <laughs> missed out on the India trip uh, at Easter. You will catch up next year with uh, plenty of school trips. Well, fingers crossed. We'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can sort out. And so uh, the reason why we invited you is because we wanted to, to have a, a conversation about how uh, Year 10 are doing. Um, and also we'd like to have an insight of uh, how a head of learning like yourself um, is doing through, throughout the lockdown. So my first question will be, uh, what have been your priorities as uh, head of learning uh, during the past few weeks? So um, I suppose my main role as, as head of learning, head of year, um, if, well, it falls into two categories. The, the first one and the, and the priority over the last few weeks has been the well-being of students. So I'm a member of the well-being team in school, and um, our number one priority is just trying to check in with as many people as we can at the moment. Uh, the, the main group of people that we're, we're talking about are kids who are a little bit maybe more vulnerable, um, we need a little bit more help from, from their teachers and from the school and lots of other external agencies as well. Um, and I think if, if you were to ask any head of learning, you have about between 20 and 30 regulars or pupils that you see on a regular basis or parents that you speak to on, on a daily or a weekly basis. So it's trying to just get in contact with those and just deal with any issues that, that they're picking up at home or if there's anything that we can help them with. Because um, this, this situation is new to us, it's new to them. So um, it's just trying to, trying to help them out as best as we can. Um, what are your concerns moving forward? Uh, we know your priorities now, but obviously we still don't know what's going to happen on the short term. So what are your main concerns? Um, the number one concern for us, is, I suppose, is, is finding the right balance between pupils and parents looking after themselves and staying safe at home and, and trying to make sure that they, they, they keep themselves healthy, but also trying to find a balance with, with the schoolwork. Mm -hmm. um, I think as a school, we're, we've been very proactive in making sure that as many pupils as, as possible are engaged in, in the work that they're being set by their teachers, whether that's on, on Google Classroom or on things like GCSE pods and so on. But um, I think that the main concern, particularly for Year 10 at the moment now, is, is how are they going to be affected as they go into Year 11 and, and obviously their summer exams next year? There's still a lot of uh, unanswered questions, really. And until we've kind of get past all the speculation in terms of what's going to happen, that those concerns and those, those unknowns create problems for, uh, for us as teachers and also for pupils who are sat at home not really sure exactly how much work they should be doing or how much effort they need to be putting in um, because they don't know how they're going to be assessed yet. I shared your concerns, and I think all teachers uh, will agree with me. But it will be interesting as well to know what the students think. Uh, and I believe you have invited some of the year 10s to this conversation. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, their point of view is probably more important than some of ours. So uh, mm -hmm. it'd be really useful to hear what, uh, what some of our amazing year 10 pupils have got to say. So I've invited, I've invited three people in today. Uh -huh. um, so we're going to speak to Karis, we're going to speak to Myra, and then uh, we're going to speak to Amy then as well, just to get some get some ideas about how, how they're coping at home and how they're dealing with the current situation. Oh, that's fantastic. So hello, everyone, and welcome to St. Martin's Radio. Um, my first question uh, will be for Karis. So hello, Karis. Hi. Uh, Karis, um, how do you feel? when you were told that the school will remain closed and we didn't know when we will be back? 
I felt a little worried because I had science exams coming up and obviously that's quite a big deal. Um, but I'm sort of glad because I got to see, I get to see my family a little bit more. And you, Maya, how, how did you feel when you were told about uh, school being closed? Um, well, first of all, because obviously we closed, I think it was the Tuesday, and then the following Monday we went into lockdown. So it was a bit like, oh, we can still do things, but then that completely changed. So like for my mum, she's now working from home every day, but my dad's like still allowed to go to it because he has his own business, which which is really lucky to do. But I think it was just the feeling of the unknown and we didn't really know what was going to happen and we still don't know what's going to happen as well. Right, a question for me then. Um, I suppose part of my job is focusing on the work, so I'd like to know how, uh, how you're dealing with the work at the moment. Are you finding it difficult, hard? Is this something that you've got used to quickly or something you're struggling with? So, Amy, if we start with you, how, how are you coping with the work that's being set at the moment? Um, I mean, it's... I find it easy, but obviously since the um, work is online, you don't know how to hand it in and stuff like that. So I don't really know like how much I should be doing things. So it's a bit confusing at times because I don't know what to do or how to do it work. And obviously my par- my parents will help, but they only know so much. So. Yeah, that's um, that's a an issue that lots of parents and pupils have been emailing me about is not not knowing exactly or exactly how much work they should be doing because again trying to find that balance between looking after you know your own well being your mental health and also trying to get some work done it is you know, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. What about you, Myra? How are you coping with things? Um, I'm finding it quite easy at the moment because like the stuff that we would we would have been doing in class like we're doing now and like it's to do with our exams so we would have probably covered that like before anyway so that it's quite all right but I think it's because what I'm finding hard is say if I get stuck like I can't like ask anyone but I can ask my teachers but like my mum's like she's working so say if I ask her for help she's like, like probably on call and everything so it's a bit harder like that like you don't have as much help like you can email your teacher but then, like, they don't reply straight away. So then you're like, what should I do? Yeah, it's a tough as I suppose if you're in a class, you can put your hand up and get an immediate answer. But, yeah, um, yeah I suppose it's trying to find new ways of working. And unfortunately, maybe that delay of getting that answer is just something that, that we've got to try and get used to, I suppose. Um, Karis, what's been troubling you with work or how are you coping with things? I'm finding it okay at the moment, but I think it's a little bit more harder because I'm so used to being taught the work, not just being sent it. My question is, obviously, guys, this is as new for you as it was for us as teachers. So could, could you see an improvement in the way we were setting the work? Uh, oh, let me rephrase that. Uh, did, did we actually get better as teachers as the lockdown went by? You could be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think all teachers are trying the best they can because it's not easy sending work to every pupil because you don't know whether the pupils are actually going to be able to do the work because not everyone has access to like an iPad or a laptop but I think teachers are doing a lot and as long as they're doing the best they can. <laughs> Thank you Karis. Um, my next question okay it's it, it's not school related as such it's, it's more about your personal life really um, and, and I would like to, to ask you uh, how does it feel not to be able to see your friends as often as you normally did? Um, I mean, I have one friend in school, Alana, and it really hurts me not seeing her. But um, I call her sometimes and I call my other friends. But 
I don't really have many friends in school, so it's like not like I'm missing a bunch of people. Like mm-hmm. I'm missing the teachers and I'm missing um, a few people in school. Uh, um, so Maya, Amy just said that she's calling her friends. So, uh, are you are you still in touch with them as well? Are you using maybe um, Zoom or those new apps that helps you to keep in, in touch with them? Yeah, like so we've got like a group chat on Snapchat, which we're we're like we use a lot as well. And I think we did plan to do a Zoom call, but that never quite happened. But I think because we are also busy, because. I'm like because I dance as well so I've been having just stuff to do like with dance and I know some of them have as well so we're all like still quite busy mm-hmm. even though we are in lockdown so yeah what about you Karis are you um, missing your friends I do video call them sometimes and I'm always texting them after I've done some work but I do kind of miss like not seeing them at school because you just saw need that human contact <laughs> at the end of the day. Okay, thank you. My my next question comes in in two parts. Um, I'm talking a lot in my you know in, in assemblies that I've done in letters that I've written to the EU group um, about trying to stay positive at this difficult time. So what I'm going to ask you is, how are you trying to stay positive um, when you're when you're stuck in house in the house all the time? And also. Um, are there any real positives that are actually coming out of being being in the house and not being in school? Are there, are there any good things that you've found are coming out of all of this? So if we start with, with Myra. Um, I feel that I appreciate things now a lot more because obviously, like on an every day-to-day basis, like I'm on the go. Like I leave my house, I don't know, at eight o'clock and sometimes I don't get home until 9.30 that evening. So now like I'm spending time with my family and um, even though like I can't see like my grandparents, my nan who lives in Cardiff, like we're calling her like most days, me and my mum because my nan's um, isolating on her own. So we're trying to contact her more. And then on like a Saturday even though we're social distancing, I go and see my grandparents. Like we all sit in the back garden. We're on, it's honestly hilarious because we're sat on the one side and they're sat on the other. Um, and I, I think, yeah, I certainly appreciate things more than I did because I feel like I sort of took things for granted before lockdown because like I was doing everything. But now, yeah, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Karis, what about you? Have you found any positives to come out of all of this? I do get to see my baby sister a lot and it, sort of help because I don't I'm not really around for many things so that sort of helps my nan and bampy come around is quite funny because you speak over the fence and that's that's really that was weird at first but I've sort of got used to it and that's nice to have um but yeah those are the positives I guess most of my family thank you and Amy what about you have you identified any positives since uh, being stuck at home? Um, I mean, I spend more time with my family. Like every single night, we watch a, like a movie. We're watching Harry Potter. Um, to be honest, I keep myself busy by watching YouTube and stuff and doing my work. But I've me and my auntie because she lives next door. Um, again, we just talk over the fence, and we're on our side, and they're on her side. She's on her side, and we just talk. And also our neighbours across the road and that. And we go out every um, Wednesday or Thursday to clap and stuff. So we're still interacting, but it's just not in the same way. So 
Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point, I think. It's, it's definitely bringing communities together, whether you're relying on people or people are relying on you, or even just saying hello as you pass in the street or standing on the doorstep saying hello and that type of thing. It is, it's definitely bringing people together. Um, and it's, it's weird, often we say that technology kind of drives a wedge between people, that kids in school walking around just looking at their phones rather than talking to one another, uh, you know, sat around the table at lunchtime rather than talking, they'll be t- tapping away on their phones. But I think even technology now is starting to bring people together and we're starting to see more of a, a community feel in the areas that we live. So I think that there's some real positives that are coming out of it. My next question, okay, guys, it's um, how do you feel about going back to school? I know we don't know yet when it's uh, going to happen, but trust me, it will happen at some point, uh, hopefully very soon. But how do you feel about going back to school now? Do you do you uh, hold any consents, uh, Maya? Um, I'm actually, like, looking forward to it because I want to, like, go back to normality because I'm, like, stuck in my house and I, I'm barely at home, like, every day like I'm barely at home I literally just like I didn't I don't even think I probably like eat here like I'm always on the go so I'm like looking back to not looking forward to going back to normality but the one thing that I do have concern of is like what will happen like with our exams I do think like there is still a fear of the unknown even though we might come out of lockdown to go back to school okay um Karis are you looking forward to go back to school um, yes, because I'll be back to normality, I'll get to see my friends more, and I'll definitely get to see my teachers, which I'm kind of happy about, because I'll be able to be taught work. Uh, I think we have time, Mr. Richard, for one more question, if, if you wanted to. Yeah, definitely. So, I'll ask, I'll ask Francis for more, for more three girls, but the question is, how is the school, so how, how can St. Martin's, or myself as a head of learning, or your teachers as individuals, what, what can we do to try and make um this experience a little bit easier for you in terms of the of the work that we're setting you and our expectations what is it that we can do to support you um maybe a little bit better at the moment so if we start off with with amy what can we do to help you out a little bit more i think like if you just like tell us when we're going back and maybe like send like if we do done if you set us work that we've never done before maybe show us a guide on how to do it or like give us a bit of help like towards it because i think that will really help us understand it more and stuff like that okay so maybe like a few more model dancers and maybe some some like video video guides to show you how to do things first of all yeah okay very good thank you um karis what, what about you um maybe each teacher at the end of each week could send a sort of checklist so we can check off what work we've done mm-hmm. and then what work we haven't done so then maybe we could work on it on the weekend because then you don't want to be going on to the next week and then setting new work but you haven't done the other task okay got you so it's like um just another, another check-in mechanism for you okay and then Maya, what about you what can we do to uh to help you out at the moment um, I'm like all right with some of the work, but like sometimes, like uh, I think that maybe they could like explain it a bit more, like when they like send it out to us, maybe. Okay, very good. I think that's just something I want want to highlight as well because a couple of you have mentioned it there. In terms of asking questions and speaking to your teachers, don't don't be afraid, don't be worried or embarrassed about getting in touch with your teachers or or your, myself or any head of learning or any of the senior team right up to Mr. Jarvis. If if there's questions that you need answers to, make sure that you are asking them. 
Um, just to go back to one of Myers points from earlier on, you might not get that instant answer. You might not get a reply in five, 10 minutes or so, but teachers have got access to their emails um, and they will get back to you. So it might just be a case of putting that piece of work on hold and, and just doing something else for, for a short period of time. But um, if you've got a question, make sure you are asking for that, for that help or that advice, because we don't want you sat at home worrying about not being able to complete the piece of work. Well, that was all for today, guys. Uh, I cannot stress enough how uh, grateful I am to all of you for being here today, especially you, girls. And, of course, you, Mr. Richards. Much appreciated. And thank you as well to our audience for being there. That was all from St. Martin's Radio. See you next week. Bye. 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 Hello everyone, it's Mrs Ashman here, aka Miss James. I um, hope you're enjoying the gorgeous weather and keeping yourself occupied with everything that surrounds you every day. Um, look after yourselves and I hope that you're just taking time to enjoy your surroundings, enjoying time in the garden, reading, painting, doing anything creative to keep your mind active. Um, keep yourself safe and your family and see you soon. Bye! guys it's miss hopkins here hoping that you're all staying safe and well and you're doing lots of things creative things to keep your brains satisfied and you're enjoying this time with your family and making the most of nature see you soon Hey guys, Mr Lombard here, hope you're all well and safe and making the most of this time you've got right now. Um, I'm trying to do as much as I can, spend time with my family, um, going on walks every day, trying to do some new activities and be as creative as possible. I even grew a beard, um, but then my kids laughed at me, so I thought if I have two kids laughing at me, I can't have over 500 kids laughing at me, so it's gone now, you'll be glad to know. Anyway, stay safe guys, look out for yourselves. everybody it's mrs weston here i hope you're all enjoying this time at home with your families we can't wait to get back to school and see you all hello this is mr lewis here i hope you're all well and i hope you're all staying safe just wanted to check in with you all just to wish you the very best and everybody that has tweeted in messages and photographs thank you very much because they have been brilliant so keep them coming if you haven't already tweeted then why not Love to see what you're up to. Stay safe. See you soon. You're listening to St. Martin's Podcast Radio Show.